Masechus Trumas, Perek Tes Mishnah Dalad, until Perek Tes Mishnah Zion. The focus of the ninth Perek of Trumas is what happens when one plants Truma and other things. What exactly is the status of that which grows from those seeds? So until now we've been discussing Truma which is planted, and we didn't actually explain the reason why Midrabonon Gidule Truma Truma. That which grows from Truma seeds which are planted is considered Truma. We said that Midrabonon it's considered Chulin, but Midrabonon it's Truma. Now why exactly is that? So the Gemara in Shabbos explains that there's a concern. If a Kohen owns Truma which is Tomei, in general what does he do with that? He burns it. Now if it's true that Truma which is Tomei, if it's planted it becomes Chulin, then a Kohen will wait until the planting season. When it comes to the planting season he'll plant that Tomei Truma, and I'll get Chulin which is permitted to use. However, if he's leaving Tommy Truma lying around for such a long time, it's very likely that he or another member of his family might forget or they might not realize that it's Tommy, and they might come to eat it because it's been lying around there for so long. So to prevent that occurring, to prevent the coin leaving it around for so long in order to plant it, we say that if he plants it, it remains Truma and therefore he will not want to leave it for so long in order to plant it. He's not gaining from planting it. Rather, he'll burn it, and that way no one will come to eat this Tommy Truma. So that's the reason why Gedele Truma Truma, that which grows from Truma, has the status of Truma as well. But the Mishnah adds now that the Gedule Gedulin, that which grows from these growths, so if somebody takes the produce which grows from the Truma seeds, which, is sel- which itself now is only Truma Majabonon, and he plants that, so that which grows from that is Chulin. That's considered Chulin because they did not make this decree, except for in a case where you plant Truma Medaraisa. But if the whole Truma itself is only Medrabanan, then that which grows from it is considered Chulin like the regular Medaraisa law. And now the Mishnah is going to give a list of other things which if you plant them, then that which grows from them is considered Chulin. And the first one on that list is Tevel, Avala Tevel, but Tevel, Tevel is produce from which the Trumas and Maisas have not been separated. And the halacha is that there are two different stages in the processing of produce, which obligate that produce in the tithes. It's two different stages during the process, and at the first stage, and it depends for each produce has a different stage, but at the first stage, it becomes obligated in Trumas and Maisas, but you're still allowed to eat it as a snack, nor as a proper fixed meal, without separating Trumas and Maisras. However, once it's been processed more and it's reached the second stage of the whole process, so then even to eat it in a temporary snack-like manner would be forbidden until you separate the Trumas and Maisras. So what the mission is telling us here is that if Tether, which had reached the second stage already, and therefore you're not even allowed to eat it as a snack until you separate the Trumas and Maisras, if you then plant that tevel, so then when you harvest it, we view it as if it's a new produce. So you can eat it as a snack until it reaches the second stage once again. So when the Mishnah says that tevel is on the list of things which are chulin, the things which grow from it are chulin, it obviously doesn't mean it's chulin and that you don't have to separate the tithes. Rather, it means that if you eat it in a temporary manner, you do not need to separate the tithes until it reaches that second stage. And the second one on the list is very similar, Mycerition. Mycerition, which is a tenth of the produce which goes to a levy, and we're discussing Mycerition from which the Trumus mice has not been, yet been separated. La Locha is that once a levy receives Mycerition, he needs to separate a tenth of that and give it to the Kohen as Trumus Mycer. So if that is planted, then when you harvest it again, that still has the same status of Mycerition, and therefore you have to separate Trumus Mycer from it and give it to a Kohen. However, you will be allowed to eat from it in a snack-like way, in a temporary manner, 
until it reaches that second stage of processing it. Now the reason why we're lenient in the case of Tevelomycerition is because if you think about it, both Tevelomycerition, the majority of that is permitted. It's true, you need to separate some of it and give it to a coin or a levy or poor people, but at the end of the day, the majority of this produce is going to be permitted and you're going to eat it as chulin. So because the majority is chulin, although it's not yet chulin, since the majority will end up being chulin, we apply the leniency as we explained. Now the next one on the list is Usfichi Shavius, that which grows from Sfichim during the Shmita year. The Shmita year is once every seven years, where it's forbidden to work the land for that year, and Sfichim are seeds that fell down during the previous year's harvest. And so they grew by themselves without you planting them, they just fell, so therefore they plant, they grew themselves. Now Midaraisa, since they grew themselves and no one planted them, even if they grew during Shmita, they're permitted unlike something which you yourself plant during Shemitah. However, Midrabanon, for whatever reason, that is explained in Meseches Shviyas, Midrabanon's Sfichim are also forbidden. However, if somebody took those Sfichim, which grew during Shemitah, and he planted them again into the ground, after Shemitah of course, then they would be considered Chulin, they would be considered totally permitted, and the reason why we're lenient in this case is because it's a very rare occurrence. Firstly, Shemitah is only once every seven years, and secondly, Sefichim are also quite rare, and there's a rule that The Rabbonon don't decree in a case where it's very uncommon or rare, and therefore they, that which goes from Sefichim are Chulin, we keep it with the Deraisa status of Chulin. Fourth one on the list is Srumas Chutzala Aretz, Truma from produce which grew outside of Eretz Israel. We know that Medrabonon, the land surrounding Eretz Israel, such as Egypt and Amun the produce which grows there is obligated in Trumas and Mises Medrabonon. But again, since this is rare, it's uncommon the Rabbonon did not make a decree that that which grows from it should also be considered Truma. As well as that, the Hamaduma, a Maduma which is a mixture of Truma and Chulin, in which the majority is Chulin, but there isn't a hundred times more Chulin than Truma. And therefore, Midrabonon, the entire mixture is considered like Truma. But since, once again, the majority is Chulin, so just like with regards to Tevel and Miseration, we explained that we're lenient because the majority is Chulin, so to in the case of a Maduma, we're lenient that that which grows from a Maduma will be considered Chulin, since anyway, the majority of a Maduma is Chulin. Alright, and the final one on the list is the Habikurim, Bikurim, which is the first fruit which ripen on a tree, and they are given to the Kohen, and only a Kohen can eat them, just like Truma. And again, these are also Gedulei and Chulin, that which goes from them will be considered Chulin for the same reason that it's uncommon. The first fruit is considered quite a rare thing. It's a tiny proportion of all of the fruit which will grow on the tree. And therefore, they did not make a decree in this case. And therefore, that which grows from it will be considered Chulin. Now, we're going to see later on that we're much more stringent when it comes to seeds where the seed does not disintegrate when it's planted. Which means that all of the leniencies which we just listed only apply to a seed that does disintegrate once it's planted and things grow from it. Only then can you consider that which grows from it chulin, or tevel as we explained. But if the actual seed is still there, then we do view that whatever grows from it is just an extension of the seed. Now the following case, which the Mishnah ends off with, would apply even to a seed which does not disintegrate once it's planted. And that is Gidule Hektish or Maisasheni, that which grows from Hektish, which is Besamikdos property, or Maisasheni, which is the tenth of the produce which needs to be brought up and eaten in Yerushalayim. So that which grows from these two things, Chulin would become Chulin, and the reason for this is quite logical. 
The entire reason that we said that Truma growths become Truma Midrabanan is to prevent the coin leaving over Tome Truma in order to plant it. Now when it comes to Hectors and Mysosheni, no one would ever do that. Because anyway, you're allowed to redeem the Hectors or the Mysosheni onto other things. You can make that produce Chulin just by redeeming it onto something else. And therefore you wouldn't wait until the planting season to just plant it. You could just redeem it now and this will become Chulin already. So therefore the Rabbonum did not decree anything. However, they did decree that upoideisom, you do need to redeem the growths onto money or other produce, but when it comes to redeeming it, we're lenient as well. Because if, for example, let's say somebody planted one or worth of Mysosheni or Hekdush, and ten or grew from it, you only need to redeem the ten or onto one or of other produce, or the value of one or. And that's what the mission means with Feidoisom bismanzaram, he needs to redeem them but only according to what they were worth when they were planted, not that which grew from it. So that is again a leniency here with regards to Hektash and Mysosheni. Mishnah Hay. Since it's only with Rabbonon that Truma which is planted is Truma, if there's any sort of doubt as to whether this particular thing which was planted was indeed Truma, or perhaps it's Chulin, we view it as Chulin, since anyway it would only be Truma with Rabbonon. And so the Mishnah says that if somebody has even male lignal shall Truma, a hundred rows of truma produce which he planted, he planted truma, and he also planted one row of chulin. But he's not sure which row is chulin. Which means that if you think about it, every single row is either truma or chulin, we're not sure. Although it's far more likely that each row is truma, because there's a hundred times more truma than chulin, nevertheless, since there's even a small doubt for each row, kulon mutorin, they are all permitted, and all of the growths will be considered chulin. But the Mishnah says very importantly, this only applies if the seed is a seed which disintegrates once it grows. So since anyway the original trimmer is no longer there, that's why we're lenient. But if it's something where the seed does not disintegrate when it grows, that means that the actual original trimmer is still there. And so we view it just the same as trimmer which is planted, and we don't apply this leniency, and therefore, even if a hundred rows are planted with chulin, and only one row is planted with truma, kulon asuna will be forbidden because of the stringency of the seed which does not disintegrate. That means that the truma is literally still there. Now we also see from this Mishnah that bitl does not apply. We've seen several times in the Masechta that if there's a hundred times chulin more than truma, then the chulin is mavata that nullifies the truma, and the entire mixture is considered permitted. But over here bitl will not apply. And the reason for this is because each one is planted in the ground, and the way we're going to understand this reason is that because each one is planted in the ground, each one is considered significant in itself, and bittle does not apply if each individual unit is very significant in and of itself. In that situation we don't view it as a mixture, each plant is considered very significant, and that is why nullification bittle will not apply since each unit, each plant is considered significant in itself. Mishnavol. A couple of Mishnayas ago we gave a long list of things where if they're planted, that which is grown from those seeds is considered chulin, or it's considered lenient. And the first one on that list was tevel, and we said that if tevel had reached the stage where you're not even allowed to eat it temporarily, if you plant it, then we said that you can eat it temporarily until it reaches that stage, the second stage in the process. And as we explained there, ha tevel, when it comes to tevel, gedulov mutorin, that which grows from it is permitted, you can eat it in a temporary manner without separating mices from it, but that's only bedovosh zarokole. 
That's only if it's something where the seed disintegrates when it grows. But if it's something where the seed does not disintegrate or decompose once it grows, then says the Mishnah, Even that which grows from those growths will be forbidden. So not only will that which grows from the Teva be forbidden, and you won't be able to eat it even as a snack, until you separate the Trimus and Mycerus, but even if you go and plant that, the same will still apply. That's how stringent we are with something where the seed does not disintegrate, because we view it literally as the same thing as the original seed, because really it's still there. So it's just an extension of the seed. And now the Mishnah finishes, What is an example of a seed which does not disintegrate when it's planted? For example, a luf, which is some sort of wild onion, or garlic, or regular onions. These are examples of such plants where we would be very stringent with. However, Rabbi Yehuda argues on a slight point, and Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda says that Hashum Kasa'irim, and we're going to understand this to mean that garlic is like barley, that just like barley is something, is something which the seed disintegrates and decomposes very quickly, so too garlic is considered something where the seed disintegrates, not necessarily as quickly, but it does eventually disintegrate, and therefore it has the same status as barley, so we would be more lenient with garlic, and the halachs which apply to seeds which do disintegrate would apply to garlic according to Yehuda. Mishnah Zayin, there's a difference of opinion which comes up in many places throughout Shas Mishnayis, as to whether if a, Jew, if a non-Jew owns land in Eretz Yisrael, can he halachically own it to the extent that it should be exempt from Trimus and Nicerus because the non-Jew owns that land? Or do we say that a non-Jew cannot properly own land in Eretz Israel, and therefore even if he does, it's not really considered owned by him? So if somebody buys produce from that land, it is obligated in Trimus and Nicerus. The following Mishnah goes according to the opinion that a non-Jew does not properly own it enough that it removes the obligation of Trimus and Maestris, and therefore, even if a non-Jew does own land in Eretz Israel, produce which grows in that land is obligated in Trimus and Maestris if a Jew comes to eat it. Now, as we said in the previous Mishnah and a couple of Mishnahs ago, when Tevel is planted, it remains Tevel. You might be able to eat it temporarily now, but fact is, it remains Tevel. So the Mishnah says, One who pulls out weeds together with a non-Jew who owns the land, from among chosios, which is the collective name for plants such as onions and garlic, the type of plants which have bulbs. So if somebody is taking out weeds from the from among these plants, and the same would apply if he's, let's say, cutting off part of these plants, removing some of them, the Mishnah says that Afobishabiris of Tevel, even though the fruit belonging to this non-Jew is considered Tevel, because this Mishnah goes according to the opinion that that which grows in a non-Jew's land is obligated in Trimus and Maestris, which means that that which, was the, that which the non-Jew planted was Tevel, which means that that which grows from the Tevel is also considered Tevel. But we learned in the previous Mishnah that when it comes to these chosios like onions and garlic, that which grows from the Tevel is totally forbidden without separating Trimus and Maestris. In fact, you're not even allowed to eat from it in a temporary manner. However, says the Mishnah, this is an exception. You are allowed to eat from them in a temporary manner without separating Trumus and Maestris. And the reason for this is because since you are harvesting the, the plants and you're processing the plants together with the non-Jew, if a non-Jew harvests the plants, then they are exempt from Trumus and Maestris, even according to this opinion that he can't own land fully in Eretz Israel. 
if he is the one who harvests the, the produce, then Midoraiso is exempt from Trumus and Maestras. However, Midrabonon is obligated. But since in this case the whole obligation is only Midrabonon, the Rabbonon did not decree that the growths of the Tevel are forbidden, since the entire obligation is only Midrabonon. So you've sort of got two Midrabonons combining to make this lenient rule that you are allowed to eat from this produce temporarily. Now the second half of this mission discusses Shasili Turuma, which are young plants, which are Truma, so somebody planted Truma seeds, and this young plant has grown, and therefore it also has the status of Truma Midrabonon. And then he uprooted the plant in order to plant it somewhere else. That's what this term shasilin means. A shosel is a young plant which one uproots and then plants elsewhere. Now the haloch is that while something is attached to the ground, it cannot become tome. But once it's detached from the ground, then it can. So this person uprooted this young plant, and then it became tome while it was uprooted, and then shasolon. Then he replanted them in the ground elsewhere. Says the Mishnah, now that they're in the ground, tome. They have now become pure from their impurity, and they cannot be Tomei anymore, because they are now attached to the ground. Now really this should apply even once they're cut off the ground later on, because by planting them into the ground, that totally removes the Tumor from them. And indeed that is true, that once you uproot it, it will not be Tomei. However, because of the stringent nature and the holy nature of Truma, in order for a coin to eat Truma, he can't just eat it immediately because it was Tomei, and in order to eat it it's forbidden to eat it until he cuts off the edible part. So meaning while it's still attached to the ground, and it's grown some edible parts of the plant, he needs to cut off all of the edible part, and then what grows after that, then he can eat that. So this is just an extra stringency which applies to Trimmer. And Rabbi Huda takes it a slightly further, Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda says that he actually needs to chop it off and repeat that. So he would wait for some ed- edible part of the plant to grow, cut that off, wait for more of an edible part to grow, cut that off, and only then would he be able to eat whatever grows more, then he'd be able to eat that, but, but until then, he cannot just eat it, because since the trimmer did become Tomei, these stringencies apply to the trimmer if you want to eat it.